Hey friend, Graham Baldwin here with The Speaker Lab. Hey, wouldn't it be nice if someone gave you the exact process to find and book more speaking gigs in 2024? That'd be nice, right? Well, I'll tell you what, we're just gonna do that for you. We've created a new 18-page guide based on Dan Irvin's process that helped him actually book over $100,000 in speaking gigs in the past year. Now, Dan is one of our uh, team members here. He's this, a very successful speaker and also one of our coaches. And so you're gonna learn how to get started prospecting, master discovery calls, proposal emails, and so much more. All you got to do is go to thespeakerlab.com slash steps. Again, that's plural, thespeakerlab.com slash steps. We're going to send you that PDF guide right to your inbox. Again, that is thespeakerlab.com slash steps. That's it. That's all you got to do. Go there. Hey, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. You're awesome. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here. Welcome back to the Speaker Lab podcast. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great day. Uh, we are bringing you another bonus episode. We're going to be doing one of these uh, every single day this week as we are continuing just to, to be in the thick of the uh, COVID-19 coronavirus crisis that is happening and affecting literally the entire world and uh, especially the speaking industry. So uh, if you are not caught up at this point, what we are doing is a daily Facebook Live across multiple Facebook channels, uh, as well as on YouTube and uh, doing these on a, a daily live basis, just talking to different people in the speaking industry, speakers, people on the front lines. Uh, later this week, we're going to be interviewing a, a president of a speakers bureau. We've got an event planner, uh, other people in the speaking industry. We're talking about technology and uh, how, do you, how to do virtual speaking today with Neen. We're going to be talking about, uh, well, I guess we should introduce today's guest today. We're talking with uh, my friend Neen James, friend of the program, had her on the podcast numerous times, but uh, we talk about how to diversify your income and also how to just keep your head up and keep your mindset in the right place. So I uh, really enjoyed this conversation with Neen. Like I said, this is a, a, a Facebook Live conversation that we recorded uh, Monday, March 23rd. So uh, make sure, again, you can go back and check out the video on that on our uh, different Facebook channels and platforms there, uh, as well as on uh, YouTube. So uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Here's my conversation with Neen James. Enjoy. Hey, what's up, friends? Graham Baldwin here, joined by my friend, Miss Neen James. We are here to laugh and bring joy to your life in the midst of chaos. Neen, how are you holding up over there? G'day, gorgeous. Well, I'm working on my tan, you know, got all the time in the world. <laughs> how long have you been in the speaking industry? Oh, lordy. I want to say probably about 16 or 17 years now, Grant. I mean, a while. Yeah. Great. So you've been around, you were here for, you know, the 2007, 2008 uh, recession. You're around during 9-11. Have you seen anything like this before? No, I haven't. And, you know, what was interesting about 2008 is remember, like, I relocated to the U.S. So I had to start my company from scratch. So I had no clients when I moved here, right? And so I was basically just working for money for shoes. And, um... One of the things that was interesting back then was how many people in our profession had to find alternatives, right? So yeah. people got jobs or did something else or reinvented themselves. You know, when I was in Australia, we went through SARS, but SARS was just really Australasia was affected, right? I've never seen something on a global level where we actually need the whole world to heal yeah. as opposed to just a region of the world. So I've never seen anything like it. And I uh, I do a lot of work in luxury travel. So my, my clients are hurting. My manufacturing clients are closing down. You know, they have global yeah. plants. So I've never seen anything to the degree that we're experiencing this. And I think... I don't think we've even seen the worst of it. I think we're not even at the peak yeah. of this yet. So, yeah. nope. 
Never seen yeah, that's, anything like that's it. One of the weird things I was talking with a, a friend over the weekend, we were talking about how, you know, like when you, you think back to something like Y2K and, and we weren't really in the speaking <laughs> world at the time, but like you, you knew like, okay, December 31st is coming and, yeah. uh, and you, you like, you can plan for it for months and months and months. And mm -hmm. then it was January 1st and everyone, we good, we good. And then, you know, it's business as usual. Yeah, well, it didn't end. Yeah. But it was now, like, like, I mean, like if you were to rewind two weeks ago, even you're like, I did not see it coming to at least this degree or this level. And like you said, like we don't know where where this ends or where it's going, like where the where this is going to bottom out. So it's really really tough to like think through and plan and kind of keep your head in the right space right now. I think you know I think that's the key though, honey. I think it's keeping your head in the right space. One thing that I've noticed, I'm kind of a little bit annoyed at our industry right now, and I think that there are people who have gone into like heavy sales mode instead of service mode. And I think people have to remember right now, we're in service, not sales. I mean, my job right now is to stand in service of every client. I reached out many, many weeks ago before this even got like stupid crazy. Yeah. And it was like, what do you need? How can I serve? Here's some videos, here's some articles. Do you want me to do a, a, a webinar with your team? Do you want me to do a Zoom call? Like what can I do to keep the energy high? And from a head head place, headspace, mindset. I mean, I'm choosing positive. I'm not deluded. I know people are losing their jobs or furloughed. I know people are not sure if they're going to be able to see their elderly parents. I know people are not sure if they're going to get healthcare. So I'm not deluded that there is some really crappy things happening right now, right. but I'm choosing to be an incredibly positive light in the lives of the clients that I serve. And I think we have to stand in service right now. This is not the time to be pimping everything out and just like being opportunistic. It's making me crazy. Like when I start to watch social media and I'm like, just get off social media. Like people, crazy towns, making me crazy. So anyway, I, saw, I saw a really good text or a, a tweet the other day. Uh, let me see if I can find it real quick here. Um, about, hang on, hold that thought. As a friend of mine, it's not, not anybody in the, the speaking industry, but um, it's Sean West is the, uh, is the guy. Um, I'm scrolling here. It was a couple days ago. The extreme sports guy? Uh-huh. Nope. Uh, so he's, okay, he said this. There's a difference between making money from a crisis and making money during a crisis. See? Yeah. Life and business must go on. Don't apologize for selling. So I'm curious to that end. And I, I we've, you know, we've done that. We did a few of these uh, last week, which in fact is a total side note. We had Vin Zhang on Friday. He and I talked. So half, half, of the the half of the people we've talked to so far have been Aussies. So I don't know if there's something <laughs> for that. Well, but, Aussies are like super laid back. We have like the best weather in the world. We have public health. We have public education. So we have no reason to get stressed out, right? So Aussies, pretty much laid back. I mean, pretty chill. Yeah, pretty chill. Pretty chill. Aussies yeah, yeah, that yeah. have relocated to uh, to the U.S. here. Yeah. Uh, so to that end, like to that to that message that, or the the tweet though, thinking about making mess or, or making an income and and um, from a, a crisis versus during a crisis because there's there's two sides of it like you said you, you know I want to serve people I want to take take care of people because the you know the unique thing right now is that everybody's hurting everybody's feeling like you said this is you know like yeah. when SARS happened or when some of these other you know crises have happened in the past it's kind of like it affected parts and pockets of industries or the war or you know here or there but like this is everyone globally across across the place uh, it's affecting so how do you think through the okay, I want to continue to serve and help people. Everyone's hurting right now. But at the same time, I have to eat and live indoors. I have financial obligations and responsibilities. In your case, yeah. you have to continue buying shoes to keep the economy afloat. Name it so, sounds so shallow. So, because, okay, we're going to come back to this, but I want to know how many <laughs> shoes you have. Okay. 
we got we got that question in the chat. Uh, so you ponder that for a second. I think we've asked that on a previous podcast. Oh, geez. But how are you thinking about it right now in terms of um, uh, through the lens of I, you know, I want to serve people, but I also have financial responsibilities. Yeah, and I understand that it is a incredible privilege to work from home. People are posting all these, you know, work from home and, and you know, work out and all these things, which by the way, I'm doing. And I am very clear, I live an incredibly privileged life. Let me put that out there. I am very clear that I have been incredibly blessed, which is also the the result of work and diversifying income and, you know, being able to stand in service first. So please know, I get that. I totally get all of that. And I think what what I guess for me the filter is don't be gross about it. Like if you if you have something that's going to help people and it doesn't cost you anything to give it away, then please give it away. If you've written ebooks that can be shared, then give them away right now because people don't have resources to buy them. That's my take on that. And I understand it comes from a very privileged position. If you have opportunity to have advice that you can share that people would benefit from right now, and it's only costing you time and you have time on your hands, then give it away. Like that's the that's the stance I'm taking, right? right. So one of, that's from a very privileged position. I totally get that. I have the luxury of working from home. I have the luxury of being able to have food in my fridge. I have the luxury of knowing where I'm sleeping tonight. I get they are luxuries for some people right now because not everyone has that opportunity. But I also think with that privilege, there is a responsibility that means buying gift cards of businesses that I want to stay, paying my hairdresser even though I'm not having my hair done, and my God, everyone's going to obviously realize I'm not blonde. Um, like, they're out <laughs> Yeah, nice. That might be an option. It's um, not bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I also understand that there's ways that you can help. If you come from a place of privilege, you can tip a lot more generously. You can buy things for people in your neighborhood. You can buy gift cards. You can support the businesses who've always supported you by being able to not, I don't necessarily want to order takeout, but I can certainly have it delivered to people who need it, right? So I think there are responsibilities that come with that. Like I said, all from a position of privilege. If you have something that's only costing you time and you can give it away, now is a good time to do that. But I understand people still have rent to pay and bills to pay. And there are still a lot of services that we need. And there are opportunities to take advantage of that. There's a lot of uh, my clients who are being furloughed or fired right now because they're in industries that or my major hotels, they're shutting the doors. The airlines that I work with, they're like changing their flight paths, like, like literally eliminating like Emirates gone right so when you think about some of these things i don't think there's a right answer or a prescription i just am choosing not to make money off my expertise right now when i can give it away for free yeah that makes a lot of sense so uh i want to talk about your speaking business you're someone who does a lot of speaking uh your your um speaking is a big part of your business but yes. we were talking a little bit before we started recording here and uh you sounds like you're in a good spot right now where a lot of gigs have been canceled but you have some other things happening so from the speaking side for a second here uh we were talking can you tell me can you tell us what you're telling me beforehand of when's your next gig it's march 23rd you historically do a lot of gigs when's your next gig at the moment october october that is <laughs> It happens. That's just if it happens. Baffling to me. Well, I mean, think 
about it. And I'm a corporate speaker. I'm a business speaker. And so at spring and fall is my silly season. It's always right. my silly season. I will do multiple shows a week in the spring and the fall. That's just my business. In the summer, I have one major conference that I do, which I absolutely love in Vegas. But there's not a lot that happens. Once school breaks up for me because I'm a corporate chick, then that's it, right? And then September, everyone goes crazy because they're back at work. And then Thanksgiving, everyone goes to their family. So I know the patterns in my calendar, historically how that used to work. And so I've always budgeted accordingly. I'm quite happy to take the summer off and create products and do those things. But because of that, many, many years ago, when I first started speaking, I uh, was mentored and he has became my business partner and a dear friend now, Matt Church. Matt Church wrote, I think, the best book on thought leadership called thought leadership and um but one of the things he talks about is you have to diversify your income you talk about this honey in the back of your book in the successful speaker, right absolutely so one of the things that i learned very early in my career is speaking might be a very a primary profit center but i also had to diversify my income because i had the summer break and i have to matt calls it lumpy billing right speakers know this you have like peaks and troughs so in order for me to have consistency i have retainer clients where you know we call brand we call a brand my brain so they literally pay for real estate in my brain i'm thinking about them every month connecting with them that kind of thing they're retainer clients uh and so what i think people have to think about is we've all talked about diversing our income but not everyone does it you've been preaching about it on the podcast you've been suggesting to people but i feel like there's a there's multiple things you can do with your expertise maybe you can do group coaching on it maybe you can write about it maybe you can create a training program for it maybe you could facilitate conversations about it and so i feel like we have to diversify and so i am fortunate that i have a diversified portfolio of clients and expertise. And so uh, one thing that I uh, have been good at over the years is creating women's leadership programs. So for some corporations, I sell them the design and then I put other speakers in there, including myself to deliver it. That's that's an example of taking my expertise, my network. I have some phenomenal female speaking colleagues that I can put into these programs. So they get a new client. I look like a hero to my client. And then the women in that organization get exposed to brilliant thought leaders. There's so many different things that we can do. I think that we just have to be creative. There is no normal anymore. Yeah. What we go back to if, you know, I don't think our industry will turn around for, gosh, at least 12 months. Really? And so. Yeah, and I feel like because here's what's going to happen. The spring is already pushing to the fall. We've already got multiple clients having multiple holds on same dates. And I'm like, whoever signs a contract, you get the date. Like, that's the deal, right? Because a hold doesn't mean anything to me in my calendar. Until there's an actual signed contract. And even then, a signed contract right now, as we're seeing in our industry, doesn't hold up anymore. Because just because people have paid deposits doesn't mean they can't stop that payment. And you don't really have the deposit. So, you know, like when we had a system where we would put the deposit in a separate bank account, because I think a lot of speakers, we get the money, then we spend it. And then we go, oh, oh, my gosh, then like I do a 50% hold for the, yep. the date. So I feel like there's a lot of things, a lot of bad practices that our industry has had that this particular crisis has highlighted. Right. Are and you- are you so uh, so for right now? You mentioned like a, a lot of spring events that were happening are now being pushed to the fall. Are you seeing that the ones that were supposed to happen in the spring? Because because I think there's a big and there you know there's a Facebook group you and I are in where um, I think it was Mitch Joel who mentioned he, he he did a good job kind of explaining. And we all understood this you know uh, on a surface level, but really differentiating between like 
you know, you can't just say all these things are canceled when really like they've been postponed, they're being rescheduled, yeah. they're still yeah. happening. They're just happening at a different date than what we initially signed up for. Yeah, so is that, is that kind of what you're seeing so far is a lot of what was supposed to be happening in March, April, May is now still happening or, or a decent percentage of them are happening, but just later in the year? It's 50-50. Some are canceling completely and some are postponing. And I think it's really important to distinguish between cancel and postpone. One of my luxury clients uh, they just canceled this year's event and said, we'll do it at the same time next yeah. year, right? Um, and so I'm going to call that a cancellation. It's not a postponement because it happens every year. They just canceled it. Then I have other clients where we've postponed to the fall. But what's happening is for speakers, they're going to miss their spring income and their fall income that they would normally budget for is kind of effectively halved, right? Because all the spring spring has just kind of postponed to the fall. So they can't sell. In the speaking industry, if you are a full-time keynoter, you have inventory. Your only inventory are the dates that you have. Yeah. And so what this is, I think, going to affect if those fall events happen, we don't know what's going to happen. If a hotel closes their doors today, I don't know how quickly they can reopen. If yeah. you're used to a certain flight path, it doesn't mean that plane is still going to go to those places in the future. And that's why I think with our industry, it's going to be 12 months before we're going to see what's really happening because so many will just say, you know what, I'm going to cut my losses this year and then I'm going to see what I can do next year. And so not a lot of people have budgeted for that. Right, right. Are you are you finding that there are events happening, you know, either in the fall or even into next year that are still booking speakers? Because that's one of the things I've been hearing is events aren't happening today, but events are still taking place in the future, whether they've been rescheduled or postponed or they were yeah. just already scheduled. So there, there's, for example, I've, I've mentioned a, a couple times here, there's a, um, uh, a friend of mine who runs a big event in September. And he said, as of now, the event is happening and I still yeah. need speakers. And I yeah. found it to be more competitive because so many events have been pushed to later. So are exactly. you finding that events are still, they're not happening, but they're still booking speakers for the future? Yeah, I got booked for a November job, you know, recently. It's an organization I've always wanted to work for. I've been yeah. so keen to get on their radar. They reached out to me before any of this happened. And uh, yeah, and so it's still happening. And I think that people can't assume it's gonna go ahead. So yeah. your friend in September is assuming the September event is going to go ahead. And I hope that that is true. That would be right. fantastic if that's true. Uh, but I'm not for now. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. We have seen in our own week how the conversations we were having last Monday morning, Grant, are very right. different to the conversations we're having this Monday morning. Yeah. And so I feel like it's really... but. But in saying all that, I'm playing the long game, which comes back to my original commentary around service, not sales. Yeah. I'm playing the long game with all my clients. There's going to be a time with all of these clients, if they're still around, that they're going to still need events in the future. I want to be the person who stays top of mind, who was beside them, a partner, resourceful, kind, positive. These are the things that I want to be known for. Right. And so I think that's it's we're playing the long game. But I feel like in our industry, there's people making very short term decisions right now and they're not thinking about the long game. And that's just and I understand that comes from a place of privilege. Believe me, I get that. And I think we just have to be very careful. I wanted I was thinking about a post this morning. I'm not sure if I'll do it or not. But one of the things I was thinking of was like, be kind or be quiet. Like, I just want people to shut up right now. If you can't say something nice, my mom used to say, don't say something at all. You know, if you're not going to be kind or helpful, 
in the post that you're going to make. If you're going to post something, make sure it's valid. Make sure it's got research. Make sure it's actually not just some, you know, we've got all these things being reshared with no evidence. I mean, be kind yeah. or be quiet. That's kind of what I want some of the message to be right now. Be kind I'm to be quiet. Gonna... I like that. I think, yeah, I think you need to, I think you need to run with that. Uh, you mentioned that there's, you see a, bu- a bunch of speakers right now making some short-sighted decisions. You don't have to obviously name any names, but is there anything that you're seeing that you're like, eh, I don't know if that's the best decision right now? You know, I think there's speakers who are trying to sell expertise for things they are not experts in themselves. Uh, something that our industry is famous for before any world crisis was people who couldn't do it as a particular speaker decided they would package it up and they knew how to do it. They have no case studies, they have no evidence, but all of a sudden they're marketing machines and they're selling to speakers. And unfortunately, uh, if someone's like starting out, they don't have the benefit of maybe they didn't before your book came out. They didn't have like a step by step guide. And so these people prey on them. And that makes me crazy without a crisis. It's a soapbox that I've been on for many years in my association, but I'm seeing more of that right now. And so people who don't couldn't make it and couldn't do it and weren't thought leaders now trying to sell for that, that stuff makes me crazy. And so I think it is so unkind to do that. Right. So yeah, that's what I'll say about that. Be kind or be quiet. Yeah. I like that. Uh, and I saw, I saw my, uh, a speaker friend of mine, Phil Boyd in the, in the chat here. Um, Phil is actually someone who helped me in this situation, uh, a couple of years ago. I, and I've, I've shared this with, with, uh, in a couple of different scenarios, but uh, several years ago I had, um, I had three engagements just back to back to back flying from, you know, point A to point B to point C. And a week before, uh, the events, the middle one uh, emailed me and contacted me and said that they were going to have to pull the plug on the event. Registration wasn't what they hoped it would be. Um, and I mean, at that point, a week before an event, you can't, you know, that the, you, can't, you can't, you can't sell the date. You can't rebook it. There's nothing that's going to happen at that point. And so you're just like, well, crap, <laughs> what do I do at this point? And so I ended up, um, and so I ended up talking with Phil and I said, Hey man, what, what do I do in this situation? You know, like contractually, they owe me the money. Uh, the other thing that made it a little complicated was because I was flying from, you know, one city to the next city to the next city is logistically, it didn't make any sense to fly home in between. So I was going to have to go there anyway. And so he said, you know, how do you make this win for that client? And how do you turn this into something that's a a win for them? So um, he said, I would, I would just go there and do something for free for them, you know? And so um, that's what we ended up doing. I was like, I got, I told the client, I was like, I I have to fly to your city anyway. I'm going to be there. Uh, So we met up, we, it was in Minneapolis. Uh, We got to wander the mall of America there, Uh, had a good life. And I asked them, I said, hey, find find an organization uh, locally that I could uh, that I can speak. At. I'll just speak at it for free. Let's make you look like the hero. Yeah. They found an organization. I went and did a free yeah. talk uh, and it worked out really, really well. What was fun about it was um, fast forward. The lady who at the time was the state director of that organization. A few years later, she became the national director and her first year and national director, the person that she hired uh, as the opening keynote for their national conference was me now. I like to think hypothetically, hopefully it had something to do with, we built a good relationship. We built a good friendship. You know, it was, it would have been easy for me to, you know, um, again, kick them while they're down, but to say, 
okay, this sucks for both of us, but how do we turn this into a win and yeah. and make sure that we keep a, a long term you know relationship from this? So, um, so love a little that. shout out to Phil there for him. Yay! From that love that, love that. <laughs> it's the long game. That's but that's the mentality I really would like to challenge our industry to have right now. Yeah. Uh, the long game. It's all you know. One of the things that you know, one of the books that I wrote, I talk about this whole idea of attention, right? Yep. And it's attention is about connection, right? intentional attention, right? It's intention that makes attention valuable, right? And so when you think about what's your intention behind what you're doing, I'm choosing to stand in service right now. That's my intention. How do I help? What can I do? What do you need? And so when we can ask people, hey, what do you need? How can I help you? If you have a skill, a opportunity to do something, this is a great time to be able to share that expertise. If financially down the track you benefit, Great. That's amazing. That's yeah. fantastic. And it's okay right now if you are a speaker and you're going to get a job. It's okay if you want to, whatever you need to do to do for your family, absolutely do that. Right. right? Just do that. Like, don't worry what anyone else thinks. Don't worry what people write on social media. Just go do whatever works for you and your family. And so right now, that's really the core of everything, right? right. We have to, we have to stop. This is why I want to say, be kind or be quiet. Start making commentary on other people's lives without any insight into what's going on behind those closed doors, right? And so that's important. I got two other questions for you. One was I want to come back to the diversification where you're trying to think through like, like right now you feel like, okay, I'm like, this sucks, but I feel like I'm more in decent shape because of some of the other pieces that, that were in place prior to all of this. I think there's certainly a lot of speakers right now going like, okay, I, I quickly have realized I need to diversify my income streams, but it, you're also kind of in the thick of it right now trying yeah. to get out of it, but at the same time, diversify and think long-term. So what would you say to that speaker who's going, I, I, okay, I recognize I need to diversify. Maybe should have started this process a while ago, but I'm in it right now trying to think through how I can diversify while also recognizing, again, all my clients, everybody is, is feeling yeah. it and hurting right now. So how would you recommend a speaker think about it currently? You can't organize history. So start like- Whoa, 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 hang on. That was good. You can't <laughs> organize history? You, you can't organize history. You can't say I could have, should have, would have done that. It's happened. You can't go back and fix That's it. So, so you good. You can't organize history. Tweet that out. <laughs> that was great. All right. Sorry. Carry I on. say that all the time because I, we can't live in regret of what we should have done. We can't yeah. beat ourselves up because we should have diversified our income. That's all great. We, we, can't, we can't organize history. I say it all the time. So what we can do is say, okay, in 90 days from now, what do I want that to look like? I think in 90 day cycles, because I can get my head around 90 days, you can change behavior in 90 days, you can you can financially live through 90 days, right? So most people. So I think about what do I want to be 90 days from now? And what do I want to be 360 days from now? So what you could be starting to think about is what would you do that you really love? Are you a great coach? Are you a great mentor? Are you a great facilitator? Are you a great trainer? That podcast you've been always wanting to create, can you start to map it out? That book you've been meaning to write, could you start to map it out? This is a time of thinking about ideation. And so I, I love ideating. I've been talking about two particular books. I have a publisher who's been talking to me for 18 months, write the book, write the book. I had two calls with them last week and I committed to writing the books. Yeah. And so what I'm trying to do is use this, this is the long game, right? It'll take me a little while to create them and have them packaged, etc. But I think it's gone by a lot of book babies 
you know, in the next nine right. to 12 months, right? But one thing that I think speakers need to think about is you have a skill, you have an expertise. You might've thought that it only belonged on the stage and that's how you made your income. But maybe there are opportunities for you to go and work and practice that skill somewhere else. Maybe there are opportunities for you to volunteer somewhere that might eventually lead to some work. But what people have to think about is as people are being laid off, there's real concerns around how they're going to make their rent, how they're going to pay their mortgage, how are they going to put food on their table, how are they going to pay their student loans. All of these are really genuine concerns. Mm -hmm. There was some really fantastic advice. Barry Bantha did a call for the National Speakers Association. He had 10 things that people could do that uh, it might be worth somehow linking if there's an opportunity to do that. That would be really helpful. He had 10 things people could do and have access to money and loans and things I didn't even know existed. Preet, our friend Preet in Canada is doing phenomenal Instagram videos right now for people who might find themselves in situations exactly like you're talking about. So Preet is a great person to follow. Who is that? Preet, P-R-E-E-T. And I will, I'll send an, I'll put a link in here somehow, however okay. we do that after we jump off. Um, but Preet on Instagram, he is a phenomenal financial brain. He does a lot of work in Canada and around the world in giving advice, but his videos are really timely right now. I feel like we have to play the long game, but we also have to understand how we're going to pay those particular things. Right. And so that's an individual decision. People need to talk to their financial planner. They need to talk to their bank about deferring things. They need to look at what's available, federal, state, any of those things. There's small business loans being made available. There's all kinds of things. That's going to take some you know, research, but people need to think about that. If you want to truly diversify your income, you have to choose what you're good at. Not just because it sounds like a good idea. Yeah. What are you good at? I don't have a podcast because I suck at that stuff. I'm happy to be interviewed, but the whole idea of having to like line up guests ugh, makes me want to vomit. <laughs> I'd just be terrible at that, right? I love listening to my friends. I love supporting my friends. That's never going to be a product that's going to come out. And I sound like I'm five, so nobody wants to listen to that all the time. So we have to just understand what are you good at, right? And then see other ways to make income from that and be much more creative. There are things that haven't even been invented yet that we haven't even thought about. Yeah. There are there are ways no one thought we would be living on Zoom for 12 hours a day, but we are. Most of us are serving our clients through Zoom. We're doing calls like this. You're using a really cool uh, stream yard because Brian Fanzo suggested it. A big shout out to Brian, who we love. Yep, yep. Um, so I think that we just have to be a lot more creative now about the way that we do things and think about things. It's a really long answer, but we have to tap into all the resources that the government is making available, that states are making available, the relationships that you have with your financial planning your banker all those people assuming well relationships uh all right so one other question here you are a very uh optimistic positive person just in general on a day-to-day -day basis this is one of those things where uh i i i find myself in the same spot where I've, i'm generally a pretty optimistic positive person but uh i gotta make sure that like i'm not i'm not digging too deep into the news or letting my head go too far yeah. down a rabbit trail of like where's this gonna go uh so how are you staying optimistic and positive right now so and just keeping was, your head in the right space. Yeah, I was walking with a girlfriend and uh, and yes, we walk every day and we've been in this ever since this all started. So we figure if we were infected, we would both be infected. So we're still walking every day. <laughs> but she asked me the same question the other day. She said, do you have this deep well of Dean James-ism somewhere that's like, what are you doing every day that makes you show up this way? 
And a couple of things that I realized when this first started, I was scrolling through Facebook like a lunatic and I don't particularly spend a lot of time on Facebook. I was reading Instagram every other minute. I was watching the news. I don't even have the news on in my house. Like, and I realized it was just taking me down these really ugly paths. So I had, I did a social media detox, which I do quite frequently where I just don't go online. Mm -hmm. But what I also, I have a really strong faith. So I still believe in prayer and meditation. And so for me, and that, whatever that looks like to people, right? Whatever your spirituality is, I certainly am meditating longer than I have been before. I'm also choosing to be a positive thought from the moment I wake up. What am I grateful for today? Like, what am I grateful for right now? Who haven't I spoken to in the longest time? And so all the posts that I've been making, I'm choosing to be positive. Does that mean I get sad? Yes. But I get sad privately, not publicly. When I talked to Lily, we went for a walk. That's my friend that I walk with. Um, I just like burst into tears. I was like, this is a lot. And she said, well, it's interesting because you're like the motivational speaker. So people are looking to you to inspire them and motivate them. And I was like, I'm just sad. I'm sad that my parents are not listening to me. They're in Australia. They are now. But they weren't listening to me. They're like, oh, it'll be fine. You don't know what you're talking about. I'm trying to beg my parents not to go out in public and who they fit the demographic. I had to tell my parents they were actually elderly. I'm like, do you understand your elderly, right? So stuff makes me sad, but I just don't grieve in public. And I think that you, the social media is not therapy. It is not like, the world is not your therapist. Go talk to someone, have a friend, but I'm choosing very much to tap into uh, my more spiritual practices, my great friends. And if I'm going to be sad, it's in private or with a friend, it's not public. Very well said. Be kind or be quiet. We're looking for that post to come out uh, <laughs> today. Is that going to be out today? Sure, it is now. I wasn't okay, going to, but good. it is now. <laughs> hey, we had, we had a bunch of comments of people asking for that post, so we want to see that. Make sure that you, you drop that later today. This is also an opportunity. We, you told me earlier you have nothing public but time, and so yeah, it is right. public accountability. Public so. accountability drives private accountability. This is that's true. a good time. Actually, you could leverage this time. Have you been meaning to do something? That's how my silly book happened because I wrote that it was going to be one of the things that I would do. So the public reached out and they were like, Neen, you know, we've been talking about this book forever. So it was smart of them to jump yep. on that, right? Yeah. We all have nothing but time right now. <laughs> but that's not true, okay? Understand, I said that I'm privileged. I'm in a beautiful place with lovely weather. I have no homeschooling to do. Let's be yeah. really clear. All these posts about meditate longer, they work for some people, but I have girlfriends who are raising three children, homeschooling them, running two businesses, keeping their parents, you know, their parents sort of sane and safe, trying not to fight with their partner, living in a small space. So can we just be really, really clear? Not everyone has the luxury of working remote or meditating longer because their days are filled with stuff that I don't understand because it's not my reality. So let's be super careful when we're giving advice. It may work for you and a a small group of people, but it doesn't work for everybody. Someone is still bagging groceries and still working reception at the hospital and still delivering Amazon packages. And let's be really, really kind to anyone who is still very much on the front lines right now. Very well said. Neen, if people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where, where can we go? Most of my... You can see where I play on Instagram probably the most, uh, but there's only one Neen James, thank goodness. So if you just Google me, you'll find me. Neen James. Neen, always good to chat with you. We appreciate your, your hope and encouragement and optimism uh, in this weird, weird world that we're in right now. It is. Thank you for everything you're doing in the world, my friend. Love you lots. The world is so much better because you're in it. I appreciate the kind words. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, babe. 
There you go. Hope you enjoyed that conversation with Miss Neen James. Again, uh, like we mentioned, uh, we are doing these on a daily basis, just doing these uh, Facebook Lives. Uh, so these are all just kind of bonus episodes. We want to take the audio, fro- audio from these Facebook Lives and uh, share them with you here on the podcast. So if there's anything we can do to help you and serve you, support you during this uh, weird, unique, difficult time in the speaking world, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out. Let us know. All right. We'll talk to you soon. You're awesome.